Hello and welcome to another episode of the Small Agency Talk Show. I'm your host, Chip Griffin, the founder of Saga, the Small Agency Growth Alliance. And I am, as always, delighted to have a couple of great panelists with me today, Cami Hoiza from Zoetica Media and Brad Ferris from Anchor Advisors. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Chip. It's great to be here. It, it is great to have you here. And, and we're going to be talking about 2023 and and much like 2023, I have no idea where this show is going. So <laughs> if, if the pre-show was any indication, we could just as easily go off the rails. But I think <laughs> probably have some good nuggets in there along yeah, the way. So before we jump into talking about planning for the year ahead and, and what we see in our crystal balls, as we did about a year ago at this time, mm -hmm. in fact, and we planned it that way, seriously. I mean, we sat down and said, you know, we're... Okay, maybe we didn't plan it that way. Maybe it just turned out that we happened to have the same panel together about a year later and said, hey, why don't we revisit planning for the year ahead? But before we do that, why don't you each introduce yourselves briefly for folks who may not have seen you on the show before because they've been living under a rock or something. So, Cami, take it away. Cool. So, hi, my name is Cami Heuza, and I am the CEO of Zoetica Media, which is a small agency. So I kind of belong here. But I also work with these small agencies as well with their marketing and PR plans. We work on social media management for them and through the Smart Social Mastery class. And, and you definitely belong here. Brad, I'm not as sure about, but he's, he's, he's here anyway. So, so Which Brad, one of these is not like the others? I'm Brad Ferris. My business is Anchor Advisors, and I do coaching and leadership development for agency owners. Excellent. Sweet and to the point. I love it. All right. So that leaves us about 28 minutes to talk about 2023. So we, we will solve all of your problems for the new year. We'll give you a great vision and crystal ball and the whole thing. So I don't know. I mean, we, we've talked about the marketing for the new year. We think we'll talk about some talent issues, but where would you all like to get started? I guess, Cammie, I'll let you set the direction here for us. Oh, great. Okay. So yes, I, 2023 is upon us. I was actually really talking to my team going, I can't believe we're at the end of the year. And really right now is the time to start thinking about what you want to plan for next year. Obviously, one of the things that I think is really important is not to go too far in advance. So not all of 2023, but if we could think about just the first quarter of 2023, I think that might be helpful because I think when you try to plan the whole year out. I mean, you can have some broad goals, but things have been changing really fast. So let's talk about like how we can really react in a way that is going to, or actually respond, not react. I like to talk about responding, not reacting to the changes around us in a way that is going to move our agencies forward. That's what I think. What do you guys think? Well, I, I think that's a great point that, you know, looking at, at it a quarter at a time, because I think one of the challenges that a lot of small businesses of all kinds have is that they focus so much on these these long-term plans. Mm -hmm. And and frankly, part of the advantage of being small is that you can be nimble. And that doesn't mean that you need to, you know, shift with the winds every day. But at the same time, it means that you don't do things the same way that a big corporate behemoth does, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, even if you're thinking in terms of your budget for 2023, think about it more in those quarterly terms, because do you really know what it's going to look like next September and October? And, and if you say, my budget is this, you could be in a position where you're basically giving yourself permission to spend money that you don't have. So, so I, I love breaking it down into that component part, but you know, I see you nodding your head, Brad, but uh, I assume that means you agree. I've been, I've been working with clients to think about goals a little bit differently. 
there are going to be some goals that are sort of like North Stars. These are the things that we know we want to head toward or that we want to be more like by the end of 2020 or 2023, wherever we are here. So set some North Stars, some aspirational goals of things that you want to get toward. But then don't make a whole plan to get there. Just say, what are the next steps? What are the next right things we need to do to move us in that direction? And when we make those steps, then we can evaluate, okay, from here, now what's the next best step? Because like you're saying, the uncertainty, I mean, it's hard for me to say it's never been higher after the last three years, but I mean, I don't feel like uncertainty is getting any less. Let's put it that way. So what I hear you saying is that guiding principles are more important yeah. than detailed tactical plans. And not letting the detailed tactical plans get in the way of taking some action and learning from that action and then taking some action and learning from that action. So if, yeah, and if, I we're, really if we're thinking that. if we're thinking about that then in terms of, of Q1 2023, and and let's say that we're thinking about how we're gonna to, to market our agency or get our agency out in front of more potential prospects and that sort of thing. How should we be thinking about that, Cammy? Yeah, I, I really love what, what you said there because I feel like we need to have like a plan for that first 90 days. So what I'm working on right now with, with my mastery students is we're working on what is your content plan from here through that the first three months of the year. So like, uh, and what I teach is like one main piece of content per week, whatever that might be, whether it's a podcast or, and it, it can be every other week whatever. I'm just saying you need to set your plan in place. So if it's like one every other week, once a week, whatever it is, put that into place and actually have that plan out. Like, so it's off of your brain. Like, you know what you're going to be doing for the next 90 days. And then from there, you take those pieces and you use them as ways to create more. So like, you know, if you do one, like, Hey, we're, we're doing a really great live stream right now. You know, now I can go back and I can grab the little pieces of it yeah. and I can share those pieces with my audience. And so that's that's kind of what I'm teaching in this point of view. And so you want to think about what you're trying to do to get that visibility. Because once you're on the top of, top of mind for people, you know, whether it's like sending out your newsletter, which is also another piece of it, like your emails and things like that, then people will think of you when the, when stuff comes up. So, you know, things come up and they're like, oh, yeah, I should I should send that to Chip because I know he needs that or, you know, or, or Brad or whatever. He, people think of you when you're out there all the time. That's that's really important that you are at the top of mind for people. Absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, I, I always tell people that consistency is more important than worrying about the specific frequency or specific target numbers or that kind of stuff. Pick the, the, the tactics that you know work from your past experience and consistently do them over and over again. And that's typically how you'll get results as opposed to, to saying, well, you know, I've got to have a pipeline of X number of clients in order to be successful. It's just continue to have that successful activity in mind. And that's typically how you'll have the most results, particularly as a small agency. I yeah, love we don't everything. Have much room, right? Go ahead. So. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I, I love everything that Cammy was saying there about having some themes and, and establishing and thinking about those themes. What I'm wanting to think about is what is going to get me in more conversations? I think we often think about what's going to get me more clients. That, that might be way too far down the road. I just want to have more conversations with people who can hire me. And so what are the things that I can be talking about that people are like, oh, that's interesting. I want to learn more. Or, oh, I'd like to get on the phone with Kimmy and talk to her about that. Right? And so 
what is the content? What is the message? What is the, the activities that are going to get you into more conversations with people who can hire you? I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, so from that perspective, do you think that it's helpful for agency owners to, to get on the phone with, with most people who ask them for a call? Or do you think they need to go through a detailed vetting process to pre-qualify them before they agree to a call? Well, it depends on what your problem is. When I talk to most agency owners, what they say to me is, Brad, if I can get in front of somebody, I know I can close them, but I'm just not getting in front of enough people. Well, then quit gating everything and just invite people in for conversations. And mm-hmm. what I've found is when you get into a conversation with people, even if it's not a sales conversation, even if you're just being helpful, at the end of it, a ton of people will say, you know, I'd really be interested in you helping me with that. Oh, well, we could talk about that. Sure. But just having more conversations with people that can hire you, that's building that know, like, and trust that people need in order to be considered as a resource of someone to be hired. So what, then, one of the things that happens, I, I want to ask you this question, a little bit of a follow-up, because I get this a lot from my students too. They say, but I'm really busy right now. Like I, I'm super busy and I don't really have time for all these conversations. Like I would love to be able to do it, but I can't. But then of course, you know, six months down the line, they're going to be, they're going to be like, yeah, you're not going to have any work right. anyway. So could you talk a little bit about how you, how you advise people like that? Cause I know what I do, but I'd love to hear. <laughs> so it's interesting when someone says to me that they're too busy to do their business development, then I start asking like busy with what, right? And, and more than likely what they're busy doing is doing the work. They're, they're engaged in the activity that they're selling to clients mm-hmm. and that is a huge barrier to growing your agency. The more time you're spending selling your time to clients, the less time you can be the leader that your agency needs in order for you to grow. And so if you're too busy to be having conversations with people that can hire you, I would say maybe you need to think about hiring some people to do that work that's on your plate so that you have time to have those conversations. Because if your objective is to grow, you can't grow without getting that work off your plate. That is, that's, that's the, you're creating yourself as a bottleneck to grow. Well, and to, and to Cammie's point, if not only can you not grow, but you can't have stability. Yes, If you right. don't have the time, right? Because, I mean, you know, we, we hear people in the agency world talk all the time about feast or famine. Feast mm-hmm. or famine exists because you're not being consistent in your business development right. issue that's right. efforts, by and large. Yes. And, and if you are consistently trying to generate new business, that smooths out that revenue roller coaster so that you don't have those giant peaks and valleys that, that people worry about. So you need to be making the time for it. And Brad, as, as you suggest, you need to figure out what it is that's holding you back. What are the things that you're spending your time on? Do some mm-hmm. time tracking if you're not already doing it. Figure out what you can get off of your plate because business development doesn't happen by magic. It doesn't? Wait. It, it, it doesn't. And, but, but I will say, I will say that I think a lot of people overcomplicate business yeah. development. And, and part of the reason why they say they don't have time is not because they don't have time for the initial conversation. It's because they jump too fast in the process to putting together a proposal and a plan and all that. And that's what takes the time. I was yeah. talking with an agency owner recently who said, how can I spend less time on my proposals? They take so much time, but you're putting too much in them. There's, there's no reason to be putting that much level of effort into a proposal until you've gotten to the point where you've already pretty much closed the business anyway, in which case you'll be happy to put that effort in. That's right. Mm -hmm. So two things that I want to observe from that. One is I think people don't spend enough time in the 
I don't want to say getting to know you, but relationship building and building your expertise and the, the, the trust that people have for you. Mm-hmm. We end up in sales conversations too quickly. And because of that, then we're, we're writing this giant proposal to justify why people should trust us. If we spend more time building trust and building relationship, then we can put a one-page proposal out there and people will hire us because they've already experienced what it's like to work with us. That's a really good point. I think, I think, I mean, I can even learn a little bit from this because I, I tend to overdo proposals. <laughs> Sorry. I, mean, proposal. I, I love that you said one-page proposal, Brad, right? I mean, that's all you really need if you've already gotten a meeting of the minds on what you're going to do in general and what it's going to cost. Mm-hmm. If, and, and that should be the only point where you start documenting this. It shouldn't be, I have one conversation, the, the prospect says, oh, can you send over a proposal? I'll take a look at it. The answer to that should be no. Yeah, I, I'm happy to talk about how we could work together. And if we have an agreement, then I can send you a contract for us to get to work. Absolutely. And, and you need to spend more time actually talking, having conversations, because a, a huge part of the business development problem, whether it's 2023 or any other time, is that you're not listening. Yeah. And, and now I would argue that particularly with all the uncertainty, we really need to be listening yeah. to our prospects and really understand what are their concerns? What are their priorities? And frankly, for most of our clients, what are they spending the rest of their day worrying about? Because we always focus on what they're doing with us, whether they're an existing client or a prospect, but that's typically a very small portion of the job for our, our day-to-day contacts. The more we understand about what's, what else is on their plate, what other pressures they have, the better we can figure out how to fit in or if we even do fit in. I think it's interesting that people rush to proposal and I, I think what's going on there is that we're anxious to get to the sale and we feel like the proposal is the way to get to the sale. But in my experience, the proposal is actually the thing that gives us control. If we can hold back on the proposal, that keeps the client coming towards us. Once we send a proposal, now we're in no man's land. Where no, Well, now you're in chase mode. Yes, right. And so actually, now the power has switched in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Why do that? So tell, like, like, what would be your, how many times would you talk to somebody before you'd send them a proposal? That's interesting to me. Yeah. A lot. So uh, I think even for most agencies, we want to think that someone's going to call us and hire us right away. Mm-hmm. But if we're having these conversations with people that can hire us, we're often having conversations before they're ready to hire us, right? So, mm-hmm. so we're having conversations with people who are in our ideal target market to build a relationship. So that when they're ready, they come to us for a request, right? And then when they're coming to us for a request, yeah, great. Let's talk about what's going on there. Like Chip says, what's going on around this problem? What is this problem going to, if we solve this problem, what is that going to do for you? Mm -hmm. The the most likely scenario from any business development conversation is that they do nothing. So so if you do nothing, what's going to happen? You know, is there something terrible that's going to happen? Or is it just, you know, kind of something that you're thinking about? having all those conversations and then coming back instead of giving a proposal, coming back and saying, all right, let's get back on the phone. I've got a couple of ideas I want to pencil through and let's talk about these various ideas to see if one of them resonates with you. And now I'm not writing a proposal. I'm, I'm involving them in designing the solution to their problem. So that at the end of that conversation, we can say, great. If I came back to you then with a contract to do things this way, and it's going to cost about that, is that something you can say yes to? Sure. Now you're just writing a one-page proposal and you're getting approved. Okay. Yeah, that's really great. I love that. That's really good stuff. 
Mm-hmm. When I, I think the number of conversations and the, the length of those conversations is also dependent upon how well you've done the job in educating the prospect yeah. before you even have that first mm-hmm. conversation. And that right. goes to a lot of the work that you do with them, Cami. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's making sure that you're you're getting this information out to them. They, and, and when they first talk to you, they feel like they already know you. I know when I, I first started doing this kind of coaching and consulting for agencies a number of years ago, my, my early sales conversations with prospects, there were multiple conversations because, you know, we needed to get to know each other. At this point, they tend to be one or two calls and, and it's then, you know, go, no go because they already feel like they know me from things like this and all of the other content that I put out there. And, and so the, the more that you're able to, to lay the groundwork for those so that when they come in, it's really understanding the nuances of their problem, but they've already sort of made the judgment that you are qualified for it. So you're not wasting a lot of time having to say, oh, well, we do all these great things and we've got all these logos on our capabilities deck. And yeah. I, mean, I, I really wish people would just get rid of capabilities decks. They drive never, me. just never do a drive deck. Ever. Drive me bonkers. Terrible, the worst. Kill it right now. It's actually required for some things. Like, so I was looking at women owned business designation and they require a capabilities deck. So there's this whole, capabilities thing that's built into like the business mindset. So, I mean, having one is probably okay, but using it as your marketing is probably the worst idea ever. What I will say is interesting is that, and maybe I'll, I'll just stick this out here, is that having like a an idea of what your products are. So that's the other thing that I think that I made a mistake with for years and years is that, you know, I'm like, I can do anything. Yeah, you know, just call me like, we'll put something together. And then that takes forever because you have to like develop yeah. it, you yeah. know? So developing a new product or a new service is very time consuming. So every time you go out and say, I can do anything for you, you are telling that person that you're going to develop a specific product that only they want. And that's going to take you a ton of your time because you have to make sure you have the right people for it. You have to have the right resources for it. You have to have the right everything for it. So I think having a, you know, a, some things, some general targets. <laughs> and then of course you can, you know, move those around a little bit and, and and customize them, I guess. But you need to have some big targets that you're aiming at, that people know what, that you do. So I guess that's the capability side, but I wouldn't do it as a deck. That's weird. Because well, you want to only give them what, the, what solves their problem. And if you have the word full service on your website, in your email, or coming out of your mouth, stop it. Knock it off. We're too not small full for service. No full service anything. Right. Even a big the, agency is not full service. I mean, they hire small agencies all the time to do the things that they can't do. That's why they do it. I mean, they, they. I love what you just said there because the reason a big brand will hire you, and I've been hired by a lot of big brands, is because you have a specialty in something they have no idea how to do. Yes. That's called a specialty. Also, I, the big brand doesn't hire your agency. The client contact at the big brand hires you. And, it, and, and we tend to forget this. We think that, that we're selling one business to another. And, and it, it, part of it's because of this whole you know, B2B thing. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as B2B. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's always people to people, right? I, I have yet to meet a corporation that actually goes out there and makes purchases on its own. It doesn't happen. No. I and mean, so, they, they do have a purchasing department sometimes, but if you have your purchasing oh, department, stop doing on there, please. The people inside they don't want to use the purchasing department stuff because they're like they don't even understand what we need. That's it. Yeah. If, if procurement is involved, get the heck out of the conversation. Say bye bye. 
I got, I got better things to do with my life. Like, yeah. And we're too small for that. And so, I mean, I was thinking the first time I was hired by a corporation, the reason I got hired by that corporation is because I was serving on a PRSA board with the woman who ran that department. And I was doing a, a magazine for one of my old clients and she wanted a internal newsletter. And she's like, oh, you're good at that kind of thing. Why don't I have you come do this for me? Right. And so, yeah, that was my first huge corporate like, you know, contract. And then, you know, a kind of things go from there. But that's really true. I, like this person knows you and they know you're capable of something and they hire you. And right. how many conversations did you had with that person? Oh, good Lord. Lord. Exactly. I mean, and right. since then, too, I mean, we're having lunch next week somewhere. Yeah. I'm just saying it's it's a, a very specific thing. So you're absolutely right. It's about the relationship, relationship, relationship every day. And that's really what I teach on the on the content side either. It's not about putting out your messages and messages and messages. It's about creating a, a body of work around the topics that you are an expert in so that people can get to hear how you think. Say more about that, Cammie. That's, that is really important. Yeah. So that's what I teach. So we talk about like, if you think about the, I really want them to have a, a very specific type of thing that, that they're known for, you know, whatever it is. And then we come up with buckets of information or categories. I think of it as I'm a blogger. So I think of it as categories. You know, you have your blog and your blog is about the intersection between social media and public relations. Sorry. I'm just <laughs> putting that out there. Um, so I, I was what mine was. For <laughs> and inside of that, then you have to think about what is it that I talk about? And on a blog, you have categories. And that's how Google knows that you are good at whatever it is you're good at, or you talk with authority about whatever it is. So then I work, have, have them work on categories, like set up your categories. What are those going to be? And they have to be like, you know, four to seven, no more. You know, like these are the categories of things that you can talk about. Because I don't know if you are like this, but there's lots of people online that I know very well, but I have no idea what they do. How many? They have clear about it. And it's or or worse, and I see this a lot is mm -hmm. there are agencies out there producing content that's good content, but doesn't speak to their expertise mm -hmm. that they're actually selling, mm -hmm. nor does it speak to the audience that they're trying to reach. Right. And so you need to make sure that there is a real connection between what you're putting forth and, and who is interested in what it says about you. Because just because you can talk about something doesn't mean that it's the right thing to be talking about if, you're, if your goal is to promote your agency. And look, I mean, this is a mistake that I've made in the past too. I've created a lot of content. Mm -hmm. And it, actually, I used to have a publication called Media Bullseye, Cami. I think you may I, have written for it. Was, I was very involved in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it was a I really enjoyed it. Unfortunately, it spoke not to the, the clients of Custom Scoop, which was the company that I was running right. at the time. And it was much more useful in communicating with some of my peers in the communications industry yeah. that I was interested in connecting right. with right. and mm -hmm. having conversations with and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't necessarily directly beneficial to people out there trying to purchase media monitoring services yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. And, and, and so it's important to think about those kinds of things when you're putting yourself forth as an expert so that it really resonates with the right people. And, and when it, it really does make that sales process easier because they come in knowing how you think and how you're going to approach their challenge. And you know what their problems are. So one of the things that I teach too is, is something I call the word vault. And it's where you are going out and listening to what people have to say and having those relationships and conversations like on the phone too, really important. Mm -hmm. I often will be like, 
scribbling down something somebody says, like, this is like, uh, this is driving me crazy, blah, 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 whatever. And then you write down word for word what they said. And by the way, that becomes great content. Not that you use their words, but that you take that piece of, of, of that problem, that, that whatever, and then you develop it into like content. I think that's really powerful. And people think you're reading their mind, truly. Yeah. Now, b- before we run out of time here, I do want to touch on one other piece of the, the 2023 puzzle, because we've talked a lot yeah. now about how you can think about getting yourself out there in front of the right people, even in this uncertain environment that we keep talking about. But mm-hmm. the, the other people part, we're selling to people, but we're also, we're also trying to employ people, whether they're employees or contractors, in order to get work done for clients. Because it does us no good to win all this business if we can't service it, going to the point that we talked about earlier owners feeling overwhelmed, like they can't take on new business. So, so how do we see the talent market evolving in 2023? Is there hope? I, I mean, are, are, we, are we still in a position where we think that agencies just are not going to be able to hire? Because it's, I mean, it, every agency I know is, is struggling still, even after a couple of years now, to, to find good, talented employees who are willing to work. Is that improving? I'm seeing improvement, at least in the freelance market that the freelancers that were really booked six months ago are calling and saying, hey, do you have anything for me? So that's a positive sign that at least there's some freelance talent out there if you want to bolster your team in that way. And I don't think that's a bad way to think going into 2023. Uh, If there is a lot of uncertainty, having a little bit of flexibility in your talent pool is not a bad idea. And so pulling in some freelancers and getting some people that know you and you know them is a great way get started in 2023. I do think that the likelihood is that the talent market is going to open up mm-hmm. as 2023 progresses. Looks like Brad froze yeah, up there. So. He froze. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so, like Oracle. So we'll we'll pick up in his stead while the yeah. internet demons are are at play here. Yeah. You know, I, I think that you know we've seen a lot of bad news in the headlines in terms, particularly in the media industry with just about every media outlet, it seems, laying people off left and right. Mm-hmm. We've started to see it now with some of the larger agencies. Edelman just laid off a bunch of people yesterday, according to reports. And so I think that is going to help the labor market overall for smaller agencies. And so the, the pain that other large organizations are experiencing can actually be to the benefit of small fry, right? I mean, there, there's an advantage I mean, to the economy. Oh, here he comes, maybe. But he, but it was really interesting to me because this last year, over 2022, that happened to me too. So I had like a employee that was poached for me from Forbes, and then like laid off by Forbes, like within a, a couple of months. I mean, it was crazy. So I do think that the, having these contractors are really important. I have like there's ten. I have ten people that I work with, and the vast majority of them are contractors. I think I have, well, I don't know. I, I have two employees. I have two W2 employees that are on my, on my payroll like that. And the thing is, you have like every month you've got your payroll and you've got, you know, you've got to have enough money on, on there to make sure that you, that you could pay them, you know? So I do like the idea that you're paying people for the work that you actually have at that moment. That's, I think, really powerful for a small agency, especially if you're starting out, like if you've never really had anybody work for you. This is the only way to go, in my opinion. It just it's because it's a lot to take on an actual an employee. I mean, an employee is like a lot because you want to make sure that you're you're taking care of them. You're making sure that their their families are fed and that they're, you know, all that kind of stuff. They're kind of family to you in many ways for that reason in a small agency anyway. 
And so, yeah, and, and we do. I mean, I've got two and we, we've got healthcare benefits. We've got like all these things you have to deal with. So yeah, I love that. I love the idea that you should use some contractors. Okay, now you can take over. <laughs> well, welcome back, Brad. It, it, was, it, it was great to have you here on the show. <laughs> we just, at, at least you froze with a smile on your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's that, good. Yeah, so that, that it wasn't one of those awful freezes where, you know, your face is like, yeah, no, we were good. But the, yes, contractors are are a great way to to be able to flex up and down as long as you do so within all of the regulatory requirements. Probably going to give my usual yeah. disclaimer here yeah. since I'm not a lawyer or accountant. And sign contracts and yeah, there's a bunch of stuff you have to do there. There's a bunch um, of stuff and, and that's all for one? a different show. Where would you, I mean, I know where I get some of mine, but where do you find yours? <laughs> a lot of referrals. There are obviously marketplaces where you can go looking for freelancers and some are better than others. I think that... There are a lot of people reaching out to agencies right now, people who are newly laid off or people who had good freelance businesses, but that have slowed down and betting some of those is worthwhile. I think also networking in your local um, industry association is also a great way to find some freelancers. So I, I think all those things are important. And uh, I found them all, all those ways. I also, whenever I ran an employment ad, I ran it on LinkedIn and it went really well. I've done mm-hmm. it twice now and it, it's gone very, very well on LinkedIn. I have not <laughs> had a great experience on LinkedIn. So oh, I've, every time I've had a great experience, but I have a vetting process. Mm-hmm. So mine go through a vetting process and then they have to do it. They actually have to do a little test. Um, I just don't I get them... as many applicants there as I get oh, on. Gosh, other... I get really? Yeah. <laughs> No, my, my problem with LinkedIn is, is way, yeah, way too many generally when I've used LinkedIn. But I like that they have the, the filters. So mm-hmm. like I can filter out anybody who's not in Houston, not here, yep. not there. I mean, I do a lot of filtering right. with that. Yeah. Often. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say in general, whether I'm hiring employees or contractors, I find them typically the same way I find clients, which is, you know, have a lot of conversations. You know, it's one of the reasons why I'll take a conversation with almost anybody yes. if I don't think they're someone who potentially can buy from me because maybe they can refer somebody else. Yeah. Maybe maybe they're someone who can do some work for me somewhere down the road, or maybe they just know somebody who can. So I, I mean, the I'm open to know, the more, Yeah, the more you can do, right? Yes, totally. Yeah, and so these these people who say, "Oh, you know, I I'm not going to let someone pick my brain because you know they ought to be paying me for that." Look, if you can't find a way to get value out of that conversation, it's either I mean, for me, it's it's a new connection, it's market research, it's all sorts of things. You know, find a way to get value out of it, and then you're not going to be afraid to have. Do those you set some time aside in your calendar each week for these kinds of calls, or do you just spread them all over the place? I don't have specific time because it comes down to what you can schedule with the person. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, certainly, I'm not going to load my whole week up with with just those kinds of conversations. But usually, I can find the time because they're twenty to thirty minute conversations. It's not like I mean, I certainly don't encourage you setting aside an hour. It was my issue with what was that online service that took took off during the pandemic, like lunch club or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. And, and and they set aside an hour, which is just dumb. Way like, too much time. I mean, a first conversation with somebody should never be an hour. Yeah. Ever. Agreed. Yeah, I, keep, I keep my calendar in such a way that there's always space available for me to add those conversation yeah. things, but I don't block specific times for them. Yeah. Interesting. I, I'm just wondering how other people do it. I kind of do the same thing. I just take them when I can. Like, like right now, I can't take any, like until probably... I mean, it's getting into 2023. So yeah. it's, it's, it's just because of, you know, stuff that has to be done before the end of the year. But yeah, really interesting, though, that I also have found a lot of great people for specific types of projects on Upwork. Did you? I've done some really great yeah, things yeah. Upwork because you can you can really pinpoint what kind of skill sets you're looking for. And you can and you can, you know, how many stars they have, how long they've been on the service. Like I have found some great talent in Upwork. I also have. Yeah. Yeah. 
just putting that out there. So. And that unfortunately is going to take us to where, I mean, actually it, it's taking us way past the amount of time that we have because we, we have exceeded the 30 minutes that I try to keep this show to. So shame on us, but I think we, we created some additional value in those additional three minutes. So <laughs> I feel good about it. You out some tools. People love tools. Absolutely. Absolutely. So lots of practical advice here and, and hopefully an entertaining conversation at the same time. If someone would like to learn more about you, Kami, where can they find you? They can find me at kamihosa.com. Do you want to spell that for folks? Because <laughs> I, 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 I didn't prepare an on-screen graphic here. And I if know. someone's We're... listening to the audio version of this, they may have a little bit of trouble with that one. No offense. That might be true, too. Actually, let's do Cami Chat because that's easier. K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T dot com. Hopefully they, they can spell the that thing, one. So Cami Chat dot com. And it's got all of the all of the different social medias I'm on, everything. It's one page with everything on it. So. Excellent. And Brad, where can people find you? Anchoradvisors.com. Excellent. And if you'd like to learn more about Saga, you can go to smallagencygrowth.com. If you'd like to see previous episodes of this show or all the other videos I put out, just go to smallagency.tv. And with that, that will wrap up another successful episode of the Small Agency Talk Show. I look forward to seeing you all back here again next week. And I look forward to having you, Brad, and you, Cammie, back again as soon as you'd like. So. <laughs> I thought it was going to be December 20th. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll come back sooner. I promise. We've been right. a crazy year, but I'll come back soon. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye, guys.